Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and this is episode 159 of The Real Build, and I featured Keith Williams of Skill Stadium out of Marietta, Georgia. What is Skill Stadium? Skill Stadium is a technology Keith developed that is an online job platform for skilled trades that connects employers with skilled trade professionals. Skill Stadium is what Keith likes to call the LinkedIn of the skilled trades. They actually use video to match employers and job seekers in the skilled trades. So Skill Stadium is more of a job website. It's a platform that is providing a roadmap into the skilled trades for students and workers. So Skill Stadium features day in and life videos of people working in the trades, information on their careers and data. Its content is delivered in blogs, videos, and podcasts as well. So it's it, like Keith and I dove into this a little bit more on the podcast. You guys got to check it out. But it's a way for you know people in the trades that are looking for skilled professionals to hire them by seeing who they actually are through the power of video, which I talk about on this podcast, especially in past episodes all the time, how powerful video is. Keith's bringing this to us. It's a better way to hire, and especially with trades, you you it it saves a lot of time. And as all you guys know, time is money. Time is our most valuable asset. So Keith and I talked about a ton of different things in this in this show, just about life, what Keith's doing, his sales background. Uh, some of the stories that he went through growing up in sales. Looking forward to you all listening to this one. Please take the time. You all know the routine. Uh, broken record here, but take the time to five-star review this. It goes a long way. Share it uh, uh, with all your friends and family. The show continues to grow. We are ranked, and I really do appreciate each and every one of you each and every week. With that being said, enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to The Real Build, the show that shows you exactly what you need to look for in construction and real estate. I am your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and each week I will teach you exactly what you need to look for, whether you are buying, building, or selling a house. I interview top people throughout real estate and construction to give you a better perspective prior to making one of the biggest investments of your life. I will also discuss my personal experiences as a luxury builder and real estate broker and answer your questions about the process. With that being said, welcome to The Real Build. Keith Williams, welcome to The Real Build. How are you doing today, man? Great, Bill. How you doing? Good, good. I, I had the privilege and honor of being on Keith's podcast, and now I get to return the favor and talk about what Keith's doing uh, with Skill Stadium. It's with the recruiting business and getting people jobs in the trades, which is a huge topic of discussion, especially these days, because hiring and hiring the right people seems to have gotten a little bit harder <laughs> And a little bit tougher yes. to find and as wages and all that go up as well. But um, before we get into that, too, I want to get started with who is Keith Williams? Sure. So I grew up in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and um, really grew up uh, in sports, hockey, baseball, track and field, and had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit as a young person. Um, I would... You know, I would always try to sell things, uh, candy, fireworks, uh, anything that could make me money, uh, obviously legal. And uh, so that's kind of how I grew up. Um, you know, I my intentions growing up as a youngster for my career aspirations uh, was to be a lawyer. And um, somehow just really just, you know, once I graduated university, I uh, just no longer was interested in school. I wanted to get paid and make money. And so I took on the path of pursuing sales. Uh, it kind of was in line with what my skill sets were and uh, gave me the opportunity to, to earn a good living. And I uh, really started my career in retail sales for a company called Future Shop. And that's similar to a Circuit City, Best Buy selling audio equipment in the mid-90s, uh, very commission-based, 
That's how if you don't sell, you don't eat. <laughs> and um, I really learned how to, uh, I would say, really just qualify customers, develop great skill sets where I can understand what customers wanted and needed. And that qualification is very important because you're in you're in a an enclosed environment and you have to determine how much time you're spending with each customer and um, you know who's a who has obviously the most potential for you as as a salesperson to close and do business and that was kind of how 90s sales was it was you've got to qualify them get them in get them out and so that was kind of my my background I had dual citizenship I moved to Atlanta in the late 90s and started my career, took a step back and went into retail and um, then eventually got into the corporate world working in tech sales, copier sales and small startups. And after working in small startups for small businesses, uh, I started seeing, hey, I can do my own business uh, just because I know that I had a sales background, I had sales leadership experience. And to me, if, if you can sell, you can, you know, most things, I always feel like if you can sell, it takes care of most problems that you mm. have. And that's why I decided to kind of move forward with this business. Um, I started off with another business that wasn't focused just on the skill trades. And then that wasn't successful. I learned some lessons. And then I really narrowed down the business, changed the name. Uh, change my focus to focus strictly on the skill trades. And uh, that's what I've been working on. Skill Stadium is think about LinkedIn, but for the skill trades. Mm-hmm. And what makes this platform a little different is that the job seekers create video profiles. So they do a 30 second video elevator pitch. And they also have the option to do it an audio pitch. And they also have the ability to do a one minute video showcasing them doing their work and their skill sets. The reason for this is that a resume doesn't really prove uh, your ability to actually do a job. It doesn't prove that you're competent in that job. That's why we bring people in for interviews because what we see on the paper and I spoke to a lot of business owners doesn't always match what comes into the into your office. Mm-hmm. So many people exaggerate. You know, Bill, people lie sometimes. People stress the truth sometimes. People don't properly represent themselves on paper. But when you hear some, someone speak or demonstrate their knowledge, you have a pretty good idea of what you're getting once you see that person speak and do their elevator pitch. So I look at it as a better way for employers to qualify uh, candidates. It's also a good way for a candidate who might not have a lot of work experience to sell themselves and why they should be brought in for an interview. But you get to know that person a little bit just from watching a video as opposed to reading words on paper. I love that. And going back to, you know, what you initially started out with, too, is uh, you talked about sales and being in sales throughout your life, too. I I could resonate a lot with you and kind of your journey and so on, too. And and what you said, like when you were a kid, you found yourself s- selling stuff legally, um, you know, and yes. <laughs> uh, and I was the same way. Whatever I can do or sell or whatever, whether it was a sports card or something to make make some money, I would do it. Golf balls on a golf course. I would collect them and resell nice. them to the golfers. I You did that whole thing. And you kind of just know you're meant to do that. I got into my sales career and, um, and I liked what you said though, is, you know, if you can sell it, you know, it, if you can sell something, it takes care of most things in life for you. I mean, if and that's, I'm a big advocate on that. If you can sell, I mean, you can do anything. I mean, everything we do is a sale. Everything we, every person we talk to, every, Every trans, you know, every single day you're selling something. You just may not realize it. Uh, you're selling yourself. You're selling, you know, you're talking to somebody about you and who you are. Um, so it's a great thing to have or an asset to be blessed with too. And I love that too. But, um, I love what you're doing with Skill Stadium and how you explained it briefly there. You know, it's kind of giving your elevator pitch, having video too, so so business owners can see what you do, who you are, and so on. Because, you know, you go on sites like Indeed and these places, and you don't really get much. You get kind of the resume, 
uh, of who they are, but you don't really know until you meet them in person what you're going to get. You're kind of getting ahead of that by kind of having a social approach to it, like social media approach where people can see video, they can interact with that video, they can see how these people work, what they're doing and so on. And it's selling themselves too. So let's get into skill stadium a little bit more. Like why did you choose to start skill stadium? Why did you start it? What was the mission behind it? Yeah. So for me, the mission was a better process to hire people. Um, I believe people are more than just paper on a resume. Uh, I, I, I feel like if you're going to try and get a job, you're going to have to do an elevator pitch, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. No one is just, no one's sending a resume in and just getting hired. It, it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't happen in any industry. I don't care how good you are at what you do. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a conversation before someone agrees to bring you on as an employee in their company. So I look at this, I always try and think about when I create something or I do a business. Is it easy? Does it solve a problem? Look, the profile takes less than 10 minutes. The information that I'm asking people to fill on the profile is relevant. It talk, you answer questions about your ideal company culture. You answer questions about the zip code and area and where you want to live. What are the, where, sorry, where you want to work? Because we all know that geography, I don't care what city you're in, makes a difference. If you live way across town, you might, you might not be a good fit for, a company that's just further out where you know it's just crazy traffic to get to work. So by doing this profile and having it be something that can take less than 10 minutes to complete, but can have a tremendous impact, it's going to make it easier for you to get hired. It's going to make it easier for people to see that you are a qualified candidate. It's going to help you. The motto of Skill Stadium is stand out and get it. Mm-hmm. If you have, if an employer is looking at 10 resumes that are paper, and then there's a, a video, they're going to be drawn to the video. There's more information for them to make a better decision based on the video, based on, because now it's proof. We have a show me economy. We're not just hiring you because you said you're good at that. You've got to prove it. That's why we interview people. So I feel like this just makes it easier for the employers. And we're trying to change the standards in which prospective employees represent themselves. Because look, if you're good at what you do, why wouldn't you want to prove it? If I know I'm good, if I know I'm good, I'm a good employee, why wouldn't I want to show that? If, if it should be the easiest thing for you to do, if you're really good at what you do, we're going to know it the minute you open your mouth. You're going to be able to say in 30 seconds, hey, here's what I do. I do this well. Here are the results that happen when I do this. Now, here's an example of something I did successful for whether it was flooring, plumbing, electric. If I'm that good at what I do, I should be able to do that in my sleep. I should be able to do a video like that. If I've done my work and I'm good, I've been, I'll say, Bill, I'll go and say, if you've done your job for 60 to 90 days and you can't talk about it in a minute, that's a problem to mm-hmm. me. You're, you'll never get hired if you, can't, if you can't say why you're good at what you do. So all this is, is this is a way... Uh, here's what I call it. I call it your highlight reel. And this is just proving to people that you can do what you say you do. And the the main thing that you're doing right there too is I love what you just said there. It is why can't you prove it? If you do good and you do great at what you do, you should be able to prove it to people. You should be able to showcase it as well. And yes. video is the number one thing you can showcase it to. I got personally more into video three years ago now, and I've been showcasing yes. our houses and so on too. And it's helped our business tremendously. I don't know how many customers said, Hey, I saw your video on this house. Saw yes. how it's also made things, you know, the customer kind of it set the expectation with the customer higher because they see me showing, let's say, a punch out and how picky we are and talking about how picky we are. And then they kind of have that expectation that this house should be perfect because Bill said it in the video that they strive for perfection, you know? So it's made things a little bit more challenging, but that's who we are too. I've made that brand. I've made that company uh, and, and so on. And it's just like with what you're saying, if you can't do a one minute clip selling yourself on what you do and how good you are at it, 
then why should you get hired? And I love the video element to it too, because I've spoke about this on past podcasts. People can go listen to them, especially with technology and video marketing and so on. Uh, What I love about what you're doing is somebody doesn't like you, they can go on to the next, you know, and they can see it through the video. So if I'm watching a video, I don't have to waste my time to the next step in the process if I don't like you. And that's hard to get to with other sites and competitor sites because you don't really see the person. You just read a resume and then you're kind of like, okay, and it's not me saying judging a book by its cover or seeing the person. I'm saying you get to see with your website that how what they do, the product they deliver, and how efficiently they do it. Versus other sites, you don't really know that. It's just written like I worked for uh, whatever plastering company for three years. I was ahead of this. And then they put their little description at the bottom saying how hard they work. So mm-hmm. what you're doing is changing the game, making it more um, visible for the person hiring to find somebody that's a perfect fit for the company. It kind of skips steps, which it saves time, which I'm big. And obviously time is money. Time is the most yes. important asset we all have. So I love it. I definitely do. Also feel that as the platform progresses and start getting feedback more from employers, we can start changing the questions that are asked on the profile based on what employers want to know. That's something that I see going on in the future mm-hmm. for the uh, platform. I, I just, I just feel like we're, everybody's got one of these. Everybody's mm-hmm. got a smartphone. Every phone has a camera on it. There's just no excuse for you to not be able to do that. Um, and like I said, I, I think that if it's easy and it doesn't take a lot of time, why not? You know, and where this is not a foreign concept. Nobody's looking at that like, wow, a video. It's not a foreign. It's not something that's really foreign to people or something that people are like. I can't believe people are doing it. It now is becoming more common, and it gives you an advantage. I mean, I watched your videos before we did the podcast interview. It helped me to get to know you, and it made for it made a podcast go better because <laughs> I feel like I know it. You know, so I'm watching the videos. And, and people don't realize, like, we're watching, people watch you, what you said, you know, like, I'm watching you, and I'm like, oh, man, this guy's cool, because somebody had introduced us, I forget her name, and then I went first, and I did was mm-hmm. look at the videos, that's the first, and that's, I, I mean, I'm not any different than the next person, I'm sure everybody else does that, the employers are going to do that, mm-hmm. so we're almost concerned when we don't see anything on you on, oh, yeah. it's like, whoa, what's this person trying to hide? You know, like there's some, there should be some basic information if you are somebody who's in the job market, you're a working person. I get it if you're retired or you're independently wealthy or whatever, you know, then yeah, you don't have to have that on that online presence. You might not have to have videos, but if you're a working person who needs another job at some point, because let's face it, you know, unless you're in your 60s, most people are not going to retire from their job. It's a high probability they'll go find another job at some point, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, what have you. So you've got to have something that proves to the employer for your next opportunity that, hey, this person is worth putting in. You just want to, I, I feel like it just puts you to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. Why, why make it harder for you? If, if you have the ability to make it easier for you to be seen and to be hired, why not do that? And especially mm-hmm. if it doesn't take a lot of effort. The other thing too is, the stronger online presence you have, the easier it is if somebody's doing a search. Because remember, there's a shortage of workers in the skill trades. So companies are actually looking for people. So if they can find you doing a search, then it's going to create opportunities. And the more you online presence you have, especially video, that video helps people pop up in searches a lot quicker than just adding words. So that's just another way to create opportunity for you. I always like to look at myself personally in my podcast and how I go about doing business too. And for example, I looked for a trim. I was looking in search for another trim carpenter because we have a great one, but he's pretty buried with a lot of other stuff he's doing for us. And I got a couple upcoming houses. So what did I do? I went to Google. Um, and it's just, it's funny what you say, you know, or I shouldn't say funny. It's, it's, 
100% correct what you say uh, when it comes to researching people and, and looking into them too. Like when I was looking for the trim carpenter, the ones that I would stop, write their phone numbers down, they had a social presence. They had Facebooks. Yes. Uh, they they had pictures of what they do in videos on yes. their Facebook accounts too. And so I would take them into consideration versus the other ones that are just on Google that may have some kind of chintzy website that didn't really describe much or showcase much of their work. You know, and that's what the world is coming to is, and I ended up calling uh one of the top ones I found uh, that did trim work and had a very, very good Facebook presence and they were slammed. He told me, he goes, Bill, I wish we're just so busy uh, doing custom homes up in Naples right now that, you know, we're probably this amount of time out, but definitely give us a call in the future once things slow down a little bit. And I had no doubt those guys would be busy just judging by their social pres- presence yes. and what they showed on the, on yeah. Facebook. And it, and it's it's so correct in any business, um, you know, because a lot of a lot of businesses now are going to social media. When I would go to hire a new employee, first thing I would do is I search on Google, try and find their name there in the area they live in, and then I'd go to Facebook, and then I'd look at their Facebook, see what yes. they got going on. And some of them I wouldn't hire just based off of what was on their Facebook account. And that's just being completely honest with you. And a lot of other businesses are doing that because the stuff that was on their Facebook wasn't a right fit for me. I'll put it that way. Some of it was, you know, (laughs) they shouldn't have that on social media. But uh, it's where a lot of people are going. So I a million percent agree with you. It's, It's just... And I, you got to. I look at myself and how I do it. And it's just funny I, when you said that. Like I'm doing the same thing. When we're looking to hire people, we want to find a place. And if Skill Stadium's that place, you know, where we where I can find some subcontractors and and people like that showcase what they do, talk about what they do in a one minute video, and show who they are. That would make life a lot easier because then I can see you know, that person getting personal, you know, not just a resume where I got to research them too and, and their work. So. Yeah. And it's a time that that's the thing too. Like when you said research bill, like, I mean, it's a pain, you know, especially when you've got so many resumes, they all look the same. Uh, I just want information that can allow me to make decisions quickly, Mm -hmm. which is the world we live in. And you know, and, and I just, I don't want to be surprised. You know, you know what you're looking for. You know what your ideal candidate looks like, uh, you know, you know what that profile looks like in terms of their skill sets and what they do. You just want the proof to back it up. And so, you know, that's, that's really the, that's really what I was thinking when I was building this platform. And also I got feedback from business owners too. So that helped too. When I was doing my podcast, I talked to, because I always feel like if you want to have a solution, talk to the people who are going to be your customers. Mm-hmm. And I talked to them in a manner not where I was trying to sell them. I'm like, I'm just trying to learn from you. That's what you yeah. get the best information awesome. because I'm not trying to sell them anything. Just saying, hey, we're just talking. What's the challenge? How do we, how do we fix it? What are you looking for? What does that, what does that candidate look like? You know, and I just started listening to them and that feedback, it just really helped me to start really tweaking the platform. You know, because again, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the person who, who who has a problem and who I'm trying to help solve that problem matters what they think. And 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 you know what? If you're a prospective employee, it should matter what the person who's going to hire you pay your yeah. check thinks. That's all that should matter. If they're saying, "Hey, here's the standard of what we want," then guess what? You're either going to comply with that standard and get employed, or you can do it your way and not get hired. It, it, it's your choice. They're telling you what they want. And so, you know, that's, I got positive feedback on that. And I just started doubling down on it once I started hearing that feedback. A lot of people are afraid of that feedback, though. They're afraid to hear it. And I think that's what kind of, that's what's going to obviously separate you and Skill Stadium and what you're doing as you're getting the feedback from the people that are going to use your platform. Not a lot of people are willing to do that because they'll either argue with the people about it or they just don't ask because they're afraid to ask you know they're afraid yeah. to of the judgment <laughs> you know yeah i'll tell you something I, i'll share a story my son is 
a freshman in high school and he was trying out for the basketball team and he made the team. And, um, you know, you could see the kids, they had two pre-camps. They had a pre-camp in, in the summer and you, you could see kids developing and some kids who were, who, you know, looked like they were going to be on the team and some who didn't. And what they started doing was they had another second pre-camp when the school year started. So they did this in the summer, two pre pre-seasons. And what they did was they said, we're going to have, um, we're going to have like a morning workouts that are optional. I said, son, you better go. Yeah. And they say optional. <laughs> optional means the workouts are six. <laughs> yeah. The workouts are six in the morning. So I'm like, you better go six and six 30. And sure enough, some kids went and, and you could see as the season was progressing, you know, they first, you could see, you know, they let everybody play, but you could see them start to pick some kids would sit back more on the bench. And then you see some parents who are upset. And I'm like, well, I'm watching the same game. Everybody knows where their kids stand. That's what I love about high school. You know where your kids stand. So that self-awareness is so critical. So the coaches will give you feedback like, okay, he's struggling because you know, he's a little bit slower. He can't shoot, whatever it is, but you know, there's a self-awareness. I think that that's so important. And parents need to tell their kids the truth. Like you gotta, you know, I told my son, you know, he was playing one position, he's playing on the wing at six one, and he's having to guard a kid who's six eight. Don't drive in on him and try to lay up. You can't do this, it's not middle school anymore. Oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> so he's getting fouled hard. He's like, Oh, you know, this guy's really big, and I couldn't get my son. You got to do a jump shot. I've been telling you, you work on your jump shot, do a floater. That kid is six eight. He's going to slaughter. So it's just people have to listen to the truth, you know. And I find sometimes people get emotional. They don't want to hear the truth. I'm like, truth is, that kid's better than you right now. And one yeah. day you might you know, get, you might catch up with them, but right now, no, you're not going. To. And so whatever you're doing, I say this all to say that. Um, People are afraid to tell the truth, especially if it's something emotional, something they're close to, like parents are afraid to tell their kids the truth. Hey, your kid is not just not that good for this sport of it. And sports are very obvious. You, you know, you're an athlete, you play football, so you yeah, know what yeah. I'm talking about. And there's some parents who just, they can't accept that. And we've seen this all through. We've played from youth sports on, but at high school, you really know at that point, like oh, where yeah. everybody yeah. stands. So yeah. It becomes so obvious. So I say it all to say that it's just—it's not very different in the real world, that if we're imparting those lessons at the high school level and telling these kids, hey, here, we're telling the truth, man. here's where you stand. You know, it's mm -hmm. not middle school or elementary where people call you a little bit. You know, they, you know the coach is a paid employee and he's paid to win and if he doesn't win his job could be in trouble yeah. so he's playing the best kids you know it's not a dad coaching in middle school where everybody got a chance that's over so again it's the same thing where when i'm doing this platform and these and these owners are saying hey here's what we here's what we're struggling with here's what we need to know here's you know here's where eh, you you know this is what we want and if it, if i'm not up to par i'm, I'm gonna make that change because i'd rather you know, I, I'd rather if I if I have the truth, then I can make the necessary steps. I can do what I have to do. You know, I, the truth solves a lot of problems. Oh, <laughs> it keeps things simple. And I know it's not perfect, but um, feedback to me is critical. And uh, you know, it, it, it's so important to have the truth. Well, feedback's the direction to get get it to near perfect. I mean, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but you can get closer to that by asking people's opinion and having some constructive criticism. And like you said, not a lot of people in the world today like to be criticized, you know, and that's like yes. when little kids growing up, everybody gets a trophy and blah, 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 that trophy era, yeah, of kid, <laughs> you know, when it's like back in, you know, when we played sports and so on too, it was first, second, third place. And you wanted first place because yes. I mean, it's first place, first place, second and third are yes. like, eh, you know, thanks for the trophy, but it's not good enough. But it, it's just... <laughs> We live in such a, it's a world that are, it's like people are in fear to be criticized. People are in fear to, you know, of what others think, even though a lot of other people don't really care about them yes. or aren't even saying anything about them anyway. And that, that's what like, you know, when I first started video too, it probably took me four, five, six takes 
doing my videos because I was worried about that. I was like, how do I look? What do I do? You know, am I looking right? Do, do I, and, and now I just shoot it once unless my fiance messes up the camera and it doesn't film me. And, uh, the whole time I'm walking yeah. around like an idiot and then she didn't hit the record button. So I got to film it twice. So, you know, <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's just like, now I just do it. I put it out there um you know and i do my edits and so on too and it's just getting the stuff out there and going back to what you do too it, you know having people in the video and then the audio and so on and hearing people and seeing what they do and seeing if they're the right fit and going back to the time thing too and how much time it's going to save but also you know the overall delivery of the product that you're going to end up having because you hired the right person knowing that too and then the overall product you're going to deliver to the customer is the main main overall outcome of what you're mm-hmm. doing with skill stadium too is you know hiring having that right team building that right team around your core values and then de- over delivering the product to me as the business owner uh to the consumer is what it's all about so you know, I love what you're doing. And then one of the things you kind of talked about too is, and I watched your video on, on skill stadium, you talked about creating an ecosystem that connects people in groups. I want to talk about that ecosystem a little bit and what that is and how that looks. Sure. So that's the second phase of the business, which is to create a social platform uh, and what that is is that's like LinkedIn where people can connect with each other. Yeah. The skills, the skill trades, they don't have that. It's kind of um, it's it's fractured. You have Facebook groups, you have you know people connecting through uh, TikTok, Instagram. So it, there's not a one, and obviously through LinkedIn. And so to me, I my vision is for people to connect with each other through the platform and also for them to be able to share information about what's going on in the industry, what jobs. And this is, I've been learning this because I've had people reach out to me through LinkedIn and through Facebook asking about jobs and, you know, can I speak to the person that you interviewed because I want to learn more from them. So I realized that there is a desire for that, particularly younger people who are not as connected Mm -hmm. to people in the trades. Also, there are a lot of people in the trades who are willing to help that younger generation. Yeah. Most of us can remember when we were in high school and we were young and we were just getting started and it was tough. You know, most of us who are anybody over the age of 30 knows that it was hard when we were young getting started. So having a platform where you can help young people and uh, people who are just getting started and they can connect with more experienced people, I think is valuable. We, we're... I want that connection to be online, to be taken offline. I don't, I don't, I think it's good to connect with people online, but I'm also very old school where I want to shake hands, meet with that person, go out and have a drink, break bread. Because that's how you get to know people. That's how you build relationships. And that's how you build trust. And once your trust is there, you can work with anybody. I don't care if people don't like me, but if I've learned in sales, people don't have to like you, but they have to trust you. Yeah. To trust you and know that you can do the work. I've had people who I, I remember once, crazy story. I, I was working with, I was in the tech industry. And this guy, I was selling services to this guy who was in Birmingham. And my manager thought it would be fun. The guy was supposedly a racist redneck. And my manager thought, wanted to get rid of this customer. I said, we're going to send Keith down there because as soon as he sees him, it's, you know, where you know it's gonna be he's gonna drop off because he was just a customer that he was a customer that wasn't given enough business. Mm. And I'm talking to him on the phone, I have a very neutral voice. He doesn't know I'm black. And when I go to because he was talking about his history, he had all this Confederate memorabilia. Uh. And so I'm like, okay, this is gonna be interesting. Mm. And so when I went down there, I made a comment because he was very proud. First of all, he shocked me when I showed up because in the industry I was working in, we weren't a lot of, we weren't a lot of diversity. So mm-hmm. he didn't, he'd never probably had a black sales rep ever. So he wasn't expecting me. And so, but you know, what happened was I focused on the solution. I'm like, Hey, we're going to be able with this implementation, you're going to be able to say, you know, 200, you know, I started throwing off numbers and I knew that that was impressive. And I also, he also had some 
um, some accounting issues with us, just some, you know, just some paperwork issues that had to be taken care of that I had already taken care of. And at the end of the day, it was just, I focused on a solution. I mean, he might not have been my best buddy, but all he cared about was I was delivering a solution mm. and I was solving a problem. And once you do that, regardless of who you are, and he trusts that I could do the job, then it didn't matter to him. Like, you know, yeah. And that's what we have to focus on. No matter what we're doing, we focus on a solution. We don't have to be best friends. I don't, you know, I, I'm not, a, obviously I'm not a fan of Confederate memorabilia <laughs> for obvious reasons, right? But hey, look, that's his, that's his thing, right? I, I'm not going to sit there. I mean, I even made a comment that was a little, that kind of was like, well, good thing they lost because you and I wouldn't be here, you know, and <laughs> pause and he thought it was, he laughed, you know, he broke ice, you know, but you know, what is he going to say? Yeah, I hope they won. I hope yeah. he's you know, he, he couldn't say anything else, right? So broke the ice and um and i did what i had to do solve the problem and i went on my way and i always look at it this way i don't agree with 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 that but that's not my you know i'm here to do a job i'm here to solve a problem so i feel like when you focus on that you solve the problem um you can go you know you don't have to be best friends with people so I say this all kind of circling back to the uh, social platform is that, and this was at a time when we didn't have social media. So mm-hmm. there was no way he was going to be able to look up and see who I was. There was no way I was going to be able to look up and see who he was. I just heard from some of the other reps who didn't want to deal with him. You know, so I knew that something was going on because, you know, you know, they, I knew enough information, but I didn't know all the details on the guy. So I say it all to say that at the end of the day, you want to be able to connect with people, but you also want to be able to go and break bread mm. and um, still meet in person. Because, uh, you know, as a salesperson, even though I'd talk to customers on the phone, I'd still get in the car and go see them, break bread with them. Then I'd find out other challenges they have. I also found out the other, other challenges with the business and it created another opportunity. So I did something that solved the problem for him. It created other opportunities for him. We didn't have to be best of friends but we were respectful with one another. And um, I solved the problem for him, which earned me an opportunity to get another opportunity. And you won't find those things out just by being online. You sometimes got to go right into the office. And then, like I said, I learned more about him. I learned that he likes yeah. Confederate memorabilia. So <laughs> you, you learn more about people as you go in person and break bread with them. And so I think that these platforms, as great as they are to connect people, we do have to have that meeting in person. So that's where I think the platform really is going to, where you're really going to see the values, people, where people are willing to meet in person. I think people do that too with LinkedIn, obviously, if they're in the same city. Yeah, I thousand, you're going to hear me say this a million times, thousand percent agree with you because yeah. in person is obviously the last couple of years we learned, you know, there are other resources like you and I are talking now through Zoom. There are other resources that we can talk to each other, but there's nothing beats having that conversation one-on-one in person. And that's what more and more people are striving for as well, especially today now that COVID's kind of on the back burner and pe- things are open and and people are trying to, and more businesses, you're starting to see more business interaction in person again, more people want that. I mean, Zoom stock's gone down <laughs> since everything yes. and, and so on too. And it is an important thing. And and it's like you said, though, you, there's so many people get tied up and and just worrying and judging and and so on too. When I mean, you don't have to agree with everybody and what they think to work with them. As long as you guys work together, you solve the solution. You solve the problem. You're the answer to the. You're the solution uh, to the problem. That's what people hire you to do. And you know, we're not always going to see eye to eye with everybody. And I think that's a part of the big. Without getting too deep into this topic, but I think it's a big problem with the world today. You know, yeah. is everybody? It's it's just there's right and there's left and there's really no in between or seeing eye to eye and you know like that's that what you just said is it just showcases that there can be that too there can people can see eye to eye with their differences no matter what and obviously we don't see that online we don't see it in the media because they don't want us to see that Uh, but it, it, it is it's just 
I love that story, what you just said, too, and the importance of just having an ecosystem of people that can help each other and work together, too. And uh, I just had somebody on my one of my recent podcasts. Uh, he's running a real estate site, doing something similar to you, but just with real estate where people can interact and help each other, refer business to each other and build an ecosystem, a community of people. We need more community, no matter what your beliefs are who, or what you follow and so on, too. You know, people love to interact with people people love there's a lot more good out there than there is bad there's a lot more good people out there that want to help each other too no matter what so that was one thing i wanted to hit on after what you just said it, it's it is very important and in-person interaction too I, I can't agree more like breaking bread sitting down with somebody and having a discussion about and really figuring out who they are is what it's all and, about too. And Bill, I'll tell you where I really see the struggle is where I see young people who youth who haven't who've been isolated and yeah. haven't been able to connect with other youth. Those kids yeah. are struggling. Oh yeah. I hate to say it, but we've seen kids who end up becoming shooters. You know, I mean a lot of times when you've seen somebody who's gone and shit shot up a school or done something violent, a lot of them have been isolated. They haven't yeah. been around other and you and I grew up at a time where we were always playing with other kids, always having oh, yeah. other kids to hang out with. And that, that we got to get our young people to be able to interact with. It, it's just, it's, 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 it shows that there is a need to be able to interact with other human beings. There's mm -hmm. this thing that Mark Zuckerberg is doing called the metaverse, uh, Facebook thing where you do all, all this online stuff. And I, I don't get all of that, but, it hasn't been doing too long. There's a reason for that. Yeah. People need to interact with another human being. It's like when I saw my kids were so much into video games, I started throwing them out of the house going, you go play with your friends, you know, and we're in a nice community and all these kids, you never see kids outside. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, get, <laughs> get outside, get out of the house. But you as a parent have to make that, you've got to push that, right? Otherwise, and it disrupts some of the other parents who might not believe that. So that's another challenge, right? Because just because you say your kid has to go outside doesn't mean the other parents are doing that. Yeah. Like, hey, if they're coming over here, it's his friends knew if they came over here, I'm like, go outside, you have a basketball court in the backyard, go play. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is elementary age, middle school. I get now you're in high school. I'm not going to bug you now about that. <laughs> but when they're in elementary, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, outside. You know, but it does take some effort. But that's how we have healthy children. It's no different for adults. Adults have to interact with other adults. I mean, you know, I know people are like, yeah, I like working from home, but a lot of us are happy to go <laughs> be able to be back in the office or be. Back oh, in yeah. The I think a lot more. Say, yeah. You know, and you can't tell me that that's not healthy to want to interact with another human being. But like I said, I think the platform is a good place for people to meet and then take it offline. If there's something down the road that I think I could implement that pushes people to go out and meet in person, that would be great. Because I don't want it, this to be just an online relationship that people have with one another. Uh, I also think joining professional associations. So I do have that on my website. And I do push that. Hey, here's the American Welders Association. Join it. Why? Because they have meetings. Why do they have meetings? So you can network with other people in the organization. And I talk about that when I interview people who are in those organizations on the podcast. So I do promote professional associations and I do make a push for young people, especially if they're just starting in the profession, to go join a professional association. They're going to have a meeting that you're going to have to go out and meet people. You're going to have to get out of your apartment, your house, or wherever, and go to those meetings and build those relationships because they're fun and they're going to be critical for the success of your career. One thing I wanted to bring up too that I love what I love about what you're doing is that it's it's focused on the trades too because going off of what you just said too as far as you know like the kids the younger generation not interacting with each other not getting outside yes. not doing that thing I think that's a problem with the trades these days too and I've had past discussions on this podcast with contractors you know, there's not a lot of kids that want to work outside, do the put in the hard work or the labor, learn how to swing a hammer, you know, or, or do anything that like, so everything's so tech based and computer based, but there's one thing that you're always going to need is home builders, people to build products, people to fix products, people to get into these industries. 
And I think the demand, because the demands keep continues to increase with the trades, the pay is going to continue to increase as well because there's less and less of us and more and more demand. And that's obviously simple economics right there. But it's, it's just, there's what you said and getting people out more outside, more interactive, more doing these things. And, you know, even with video and hire and getting kids to see like, you know, that it is fun to, you know, build a house or be a part of something too needs to happen more because I don't know, there's just been so much of it that there's, and I've done it with hiring and been through certain employees of laborers. Cause I had to start as a laborer growing up, you know, as a kid, oh, yeah. you know, my story, I, I worked yes. as a laborer for next to nothing for my dad, my whole entire life, but I did it, you know, and, and I did it for a long time before I got to where I am and kids, you know, a lot of younger kids that we hired just don't have that, um, that drive. They rather sit on their phone. Like, you know, I had one labor we just had, he wanted a 401k, he wanted job benefits <laughs> and he wanted everything. And we had him on an hourly. We're like, you're just starting man work. You got to work yeah. your way up. You don't get all that yes. until you prove you can earn all that. And, you know, he wanted all this stuff and he was always sitting on his phone, you know, playing wow. games and stuff. And, we ended up long story short, you know, that we ended up getting rid of them, but it's just, we have a good labor now, hardworking guy, uh, grew up working on a farm. Uh, he's a younger kid and, uh, very, has a lot of potential in this industry. And fortunately he wants to go be a cop, but good for him. I shouldn't say unfortunately, but he, unfortunately he wants to leave us because he's always had a dream to be a police officer. So, but, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard to find, younger generation people like the one we currently have and i even told him i'm like we're willing to keep you by giving you this this and this if you want to stay and he's like i know bill and I, i'm not saying i don't like what i'm doing he's like but i i've always just wanted to be a, you know a sheriff and do that it's been a dream i was like you got to follow your dreams man i can't hold you yes, back from that you know you got to support him on that yeah yeah so it's just but going off of what you said too and i love what you're doing too um so two-part question is, you know, getting younger people back in the trades, that's very important. But why did you focus on the trades with with uh, Skill sure. Stadium? What was sure. the reason? Sure. So as a young person, I was always restless. I never could sit still. And I felt like I probably would have been a good trades person because <laughs> I like to move around. I like to be outside. And I just feel like we've got to um, – if I'm giving advice to a young person – like I would give advice to my own son. I want to give them advice on something that is a fit for them and that has an opportunity because you don't want to just give somebody career advice and there are no jobs in there or that there's not a return on the investment. Like you have to look at it. Am I doing right by this young person? Am I giving them a career opportunity where they're not going to be heavily in debt and they're going to get paid a good wage? I don't want somebody, if I give a young person advice, because we know more than they do, I don't want to give them advice that puts them in a worse situation. Mm. And so I want to present this as, hey, here's the option where they're going to pay you to train. I always look at return on investment. Probably it's just the way I'm wired as a salesperson. What's the return on my investment? If I'm spending this amount of time, what do I get in return? So I can speak to I'll give an example. I went to an automotive school uh, a couple of years back. Uh, just I was doing research just as I was starting Skill Stadium. And they were their technical school. The tuition was, I mean, minuscule. It might have been maybe 10K for two years. It was something ridiculously low. It wasn't a lot of money. But those kids were coming out because Mercedes was sponsoring that program. Those kids were learning to code Mercedes cars because like, of cars computer apparently i don't have a mercedes but apparently mercedes are just big computers and one of the kids went through the program was 19 i shouldn't say kids but young man 19 and i think they were paying him like 87 grand coming out of that program now obviously they told me the best student they always share the best story because you know but still 87k and i'm quite sure he's no longer in debt hmm. and all he's doing is coding. A lot of people don't understand that. People think when you're fixing a car that you're under the hood, it's dirty. I toured their facilities because they train them in the actual cars. So the work they're doing at the school 
is exactly what they're going to yeah. do in a dealership. That's why they get hired right away. And that's why they also get paid a lot of money. Because if you have to have a Mercedes fix, it's going to cost you a lot of money to fix that car. In turn, they're going to pay the technicians well. Also, I push the skilled trades because we have a shortage. We need people in these professions. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're going into a profession that you needed, treated better. You'll be paid more, you'll be treated better. Who doesn't want to be paid more and treated better? That just makes a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, um, next, you can do your own business. So you can start off, if you can fix toilets or you can fix electricity, you can fix a car. Someone will pay you for that. You've got, you know somebody already today who will pay you to do that. Everybody knows somebody who has a car, who has electric, who has plumbing. And if you have a remote understanding of social media and online, how to market yourself online, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You can do that while you're still working a job. So now you have two sources of income. That's why I promote the trades. I mean, there's just those main reasons. And I know that I'm doing right when I tell a young person. And I'm giving them more than one option. So it's not like I'm saying, hey, you have to go be a plumber or you have to go be a construction laborer. I'm saying, here are these options. Here's mm-hmm. what they pay. Here's what it's like to do that. Now you make the choice. That's that's all. I feel like that's only fair. I'm saying, hey, I've given you a couple of paths. I've told you, hey, you can do this as a business. You can even go into, I had a guy who I interviewed last week. He um, he was a diver. You know, they, he was in the Navy. He did like underwater diving. He said he died for like 30 years. So I knew that he was done. He said 30 years. So I was like, all right, he's obviously in his 50s because he probably didn't start when he was 15. But he said now he's he's on the teaching and recruiting side. So I say that just to say, because people always come back and say, yeah, you can only do skill trades for so long. You're right. But they get into other professions. Now they're on the teaching side. Mm-hmm. I had a plumber who came to my house and they had a young guy and an old guy. The young guy hauled the, uh, they were ch- changing the hot water tank. And so the young guy wheeled the hot water tank into the basement. He did the grunt work. The older guy showed him how to install it. So it's like teamwork. So, I, so whenever people tell me, oh, you can't, you know, it's a wear and tear on your body. Yeah, I get that. You're not going to do it till you're like in your 50s and 60s. You'll be able to pivot into something else. And that's why it's a great option. And we all know if, if you can sell and you can work hard, you can make a great living for yourself doing your own business. You're doing, you're in your family business. So you already know that. Um, so that's why I put up the skill trades. Yeah. And going off what you said there too, it's like, you know, no different than my dad being the role model to me and teaching me about this business and so on too. And then it's me trying to perfect that and grow it and make it into something even bigger too, by my knowledge, uh, knowledge and technology and, and so on too, and trying different things that he didn't have at, at his time running the company as well too. And, you know, and then like the, the thing about people, you know, the skill trades, you can't do it when you're old. Uh, you can coach when you're old, too. There's online yes. coaches everywhere and people need help in the trades. They need They want to learn business. They want to, you know, learn how to grow a business, too. And the steps of, you know, there's just there's a lot of steps into owning your business and a lot of people getting into the trades. Eventually, some of them will go off and start their own thing and their own brands and make those bigger than the ones they worked for before. So, no, I I love what you're doing. And I think it's so important. I love how you targeted the trades because it is an industry that less and less people are being involved in, especially the younger generation, because it is hard. It's not an easy industry to be a part of, but there's more and more technology coming out to help make it easier in certain ways. And obviously building house, I think is always going to require, especially where I'm at with all the concrete and everything, it's always going to require tradesmen to actually build the block and put it together. I don't think a machine could do that, but Hey, I might be wrong. Elon Musk might, it might come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'll, I'll tell you another thing too, Bill, I've interviewed some owners and, there was a guy out in California who I interviewed who owned the plumbing business and he was talking about remodeling his house in California that was on the beach. And I think he was in Malibu. So I don't know what he made, but I'm pretty sure he did very well for him. Heck of a plumber. (laughs) Yeah. 
and, and, and people, but people don't see that. That's the mm-hmm. thing. A lot of people don't see that. This guy's just worked many years, busted his butt, just like your dad did, mm-hmm. right? And people don't know. These folks are very successful. They're doing well. They're also very smart. You talk to these folks, very intelligent people, very down to earth, humble, hardworking, um, type of people you'd want to work for and be around. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I don't know. It's people just don't know. They don't know. Like I said, and that's why when I was interviewing him, he talked about his house. He, was, he just mentioned, he wasn't trying to show off or anything, right? He was just talking. So I asked him, what are you doing for fun? Like, what are you, what's going on? He said, my wife has this, you know, we just bought the house on the beach and we're revamping it. I said, what? I said, say that again. I made him say it again. I said, this is why, this is the example of success in plumbing. But he's also, he's also a servant. Because what he started doing in his business was he setting up, he set he's setting up a whole building just to train apprentices. So that mm. tells me a lot about him as a person. Yeah. And I'm a man of faith, and I believe if you serve and you take care of others, you get blessed. Amen. And he definitely blessed because he's if you're if you're investing money in a building just to train people, he gets it. He understands, all right, I'm I'm just going to train and invest instead of going out and trying to hire new people. And so I'm going to bring in young people, train and develop them. I'm, and look, he's done this for years. It's a family business. His son's obviously going to take over the business, but you can see what he's setting up. You could see the vision just as you're talking to him. And I'm like, wow, it's just this guy figured out. I couldn't find people because he was talking about the challenges. So I'm just going to now invest in training and develop, building relationships with the high school. So I say that all to say that. You have to have money in order to get a building just to train people. Yeah. So he's obviously had, he's obviously had success as a plumber. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's again another reason why you know the skill trades because these folks are willing to invest in their people. And good companies. They're all you've seen that all the time. They're like, okay, we'll we'll take them on. We'll develop this labor. He'll work his way up. And and that's that's also another solution for organizations. But um, yeah, you're seeing that that investment, and there are not a lot of industries that will do that. Not every industry is taking people and having apprentices and paying them to learn. There are not a lot of companies that will do that. No, it's a big deal. That's a big deal. And we used to do that in this country years ago, where we bring people out, train, develop them, and then somehow that stopped. Yeah, they had it in school too. They had it in high school. And they had I mean, it in yeah, construction yeah. tech class and so on. I had it growing up in high school. Now it's not there anymore. And they need to bring that yeah. back to the schools too. So they people can, to. you know, get and get and learn the trades as well, too. But you know, you gotta it's, get to the parents. You gotta get yeah. to the parents. Parents are pushing just college, just college. And it's like nah. I'm not I'm not <laughs> I won't bump on college and say it's not a good option because i went through college but if you're just going to college and say to go to college that's not good yeah uh agreed you've got it yeah you if you're going for something very specific and you know it okay that's great but um I, I still think if you're trying to figure it out like a lot of young people jump into a trade try it out taste different trades um hustle and maybe do some work on your own side like your own business and maximize your earning potential, learn a skill set. The other thing too is you now can fix your own home. You can fix things, save a ton of money. And that's you what I do. All the time calling. There you go. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I think there's so many. I mean, the more I think about it, there's so many reasons why pursuing the skill trades is a great option for people. Um, and, and like I said, being handy is a great life skill set. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's it's definitely something I'm grateful for. And like you just said, you know, you're you're able to do things that a lot of people can't. And I also do things on the side, too. You know, I just I helped a customer put in a mailbox and he paid me to put in his mailbox. I helped a customer fix yeah. something at their house and they paid me to do it, too, because on a weekend, if I'm not doing anything, I I just go and i don't have kids yet or anything so i'm just i just kind of go yeah. and get some work done instead of sitting around take advantage and, of that yeah, Definitely. yeah make a little extra yeah. money so it's it's a huge thing too but we got to wrap this up unfortunately sure. before we go uh, i always like to ask these personal questions and one of them my favorite question is 
What about you personally? You've obviously built or and you're in the process of building an amazing company and brand that grows each and every day. What lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own business or lives that can help us grow? I would say self-awareness. Understand what your gifts and strengths are and then find people who can help you and can mm-hmm. complement those things because you, you can't go very far by yourself. You really do need uh, help from others it's it's lonely when you're doing a business because there's nobody there to tell you okay here's how it's done so you've got to try and learn like i'm good at sales but i'm not good at accounting (laughs) i think that's every salesperson (laughs) (laughs) and that's important (laughs) so you've got to find people who can compliment your weaknesses that's probably the biggest thing i've learned and um i would also say listening to others, particularly prospective customers and customers. I'm, I'm a I'm very passionate, very customer centric. Uh, listen to your customers. Listen, listen, listen. That's, that's what I've learned. Love it. Yeah. And we spoke a lot about that, the importance of it too, and getting past the fear of it and just talking to people more and hearing their input on stuff too, because positive feedback and is a good thing. It's going to make your business grow for sure. Another question I wanted to ask anyway. you too is obviously people ask about your past. What about your future? Where will we see Keith 10, 15 years from now? Who will you be? Oh, great question. Um, hopefully a grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me think about that. Yeah. 15, yeah. 15 years. Yeah. Grandfather. Uh, but successful business happy um really being a servant to others uh helping people within my business grow and expand their careers and really um making a mark on 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 social platforms for the skill trades love it love it great answer and it can't get much better than that the grandfather one was good too so (laughs) that's the first thing i think about you know um which you know, family. You're in a family business. You seem yeah. like you guys have a tight family. So, I, I mean, family just jumps in my head. Family's everything. Uh, one of the most important things, too, obviously. And, and the last thing, what this show's all about, obviously, is what exactly do people need to look for when hiring a trade person? And why should they use Skill Stadium to help them hire something ne- for their next hire, I should say? Sure. Um, I think people need to look at how that person represents themselves. Like, how do they present themselves? Because I always believe what you see is what you get. Um, you know, if somebody's looking to get hired, that's a time when they should be putting their best foot forward. And if they're not, that's just not good. That's not good. Uh, we've, I've had enough experience in seeing, uh, I always say, you know, a lot of salespeople approach me through LinkedIn and I always look at the approach and if it's lazy, oh, it's yeah, not that's always like having taken time to research <laughs> your company or, you know, it tells me you're not going to make much of an effort. Why would I hire you? Particularly for sales, something like sales, especially mm-hmm. when you haven't even looked. I had somebody reach out to me and say, we know you hate selling. We can do so. I'm like, I love selling. You just looked at my <laughs> If you'd looked at my LinkedIn profile, you'd know that's what I love. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Me, I'm like, you're, so I would give people advice to say, make sure you do enough research to see how people present themselves. What are they showing? What are they showing you? And I think what Skill Stadium does is it exposes that person. It shows you, it, it's an opportunity for them to showcase who they are. And they'll either, they'll either step up or they won't. They'll either put their effort forth. Again, how hard is it to make a good first impression if you want a job, you're going to present yourself properly, take some time to, you know, give a good presentation, say who you are. It's just simple preparation. You're trying to get a job. So to me, it makes no sense if you just half-ass it. That means you're going to half-ass it when you get the job. Mm. Oh, excuse my language, but you know what I mean. No, you're fine. No, I, I, going off of what you said, is 100% true. And I just, with the LinkedIn messages and people selling you stuff, I, I look at that all the time and I'm just like, come yeah. on, you know, yeah. this approach because you get it all the time. Yeah. If I was in, if I was in their position, you know, I would offer something 
first and then sell something. But the problem is with probably, I want to say 99% of those messages I get is they're only trying to take something. Yes. And and yes. they they obviously copy and paste and fire out messages every day and they might get one out of the hundreds that they sell. But yeah. you can get 10 out of the hundreds that you send out if you would just offer somebody something to make their lives yes. better or easier. And that's yes. sales 101, but I don't get how people still don't have that concept especially in online sales too, yes. which is a whole nother topic of discussion. <laughs> but oh, yeah. but yeah. I just, that came to my mind when you said the LinkedIn thing, cause I get messages every day. Half of them I don't yes. even look at because they pop up on my phone and I already know it's a pitch on something and yes. it, does, it doesn't help me, you know, and yes. I hate to sound, um, you know, I hate to sound like, you know, that, but it's sales. If I was, and I always want to kind of type, type back to him and be like you know if you actually offered me something for free i would probably start looking at your profile looking into who you are and then maybe we can do business later on in the future everybody that's won our business that's what they've done they've always given us something offered us something how can we help you this way and that's what is the game changer so you salespeople out there stop taking do more giving Plain yeah. and simple. <laughs> Amen, Bill. Amen. Amen. That's so true. <laughs> but it drives me crazy. I just had to say that for sure. But uh, no, uh Keith, this has been awesome, man. I you and I can go on for hours. I gotta bring you back on again for sure. Um, where can people connect with you, find you? Uh go to my website, skillstadium.com. Uh, if you Google Skill Stadium, you'll see the uh, podcast and all my social feeds. Um, I'm on all the uh, feeds. Um, I'm on uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. All of them, all the fun ones too, and that we got to yeah. keep up with. So <laughs> it's something, right? But no, this has been Keith. It's been awesome, man. It's been a pleasure having you. I'm glad I got to return the favor, and this is. Uh, I'll, I hope a lot of the listeners out there start using the skill stadium and I, I'm glad I got to promote it for you. And obviously I'm probably going to be using it as we grow to here in the future. So best, I, I don't even have to say best of luck cause I know you're going to crush it for sure. So yeah, glad to have you, man. It's been awesome. Definitely. Will. So everybody that's listening, you all know the routine. Please like, share, comment, uh, five-star review on iTunes. You guys have been doing awesome with that. I really appreciate your time today, and I will see you all on the next episode.